0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Society Talks. I'm Joe Lorenzo and I'm here with the fabulous Erica Munoz. Hi, Erica.
1: Hi, Joe. How
0: are you? I'm great. How are you? First of all, how are you doing during this crazy time? Everybody should know we're not together. I usually do this in a Mm -hmm. studio in Hollywood, but she's at her house. I'm at mine and we're social distancing or safer at home, whatever you can call it. Um, How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. I'm um, sad that we're not in front of each other. That would be yeah. a lot of fun. But um, yeah, we're doing good. We just uh, finished school and we're just finishing up some uh, press for the movie and it's all being done digitally. And I have no idea how to work any of these things, but we're doing good.
0: <laughs> You're doing great so far. 40 okay. seconds in. <laughs> um, well, I definitely want to get, get to the movie long gone by sure. because, um, it's super important, but I just want, I kind of want to start at the beginning. I mean, let's sure. go right for it. Like, where'd you grow up?
1: Uh, I grew up in North Orange County, so okay. not fancy Orange County, <laughs> not Newport. Okay. I grew up in Cyprus, which is like a tiny little town, right? Sort of on the border of Orange County and, um, LA County. Um, okay. yeah, I was born here. Which is here a rarity in- growing yeah. up in
0: California.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It- it's bonkers. Well, I was actually, technically, I was born here, and then we moved to Costa Rica for five years, which is where my family's from. My dad emigrated from there. I lived there till I was about five, and then we moved back to North Orange County. And Got then it. really, the, the only time I left Orange County was when I uh, booked rent, and then I was on a plane to New York, and then right back to California after that. So that's pretty much, I've been to <laughs> LA, New York for work, and that's about the extent of my travels, really. <laughs>
0: Okay. Yeah. Let's get into that. So when was it that, you know, um, were you, first of all, let's, when did you get the acting bug? When did you know you even wanted to do it?
1: You know, I was very, very theatrical, even as like a baby, according to my mom. Um, (laughs) they like to say dramatic, but for some reason that seems like an insult to me because I heard it growing up so much. (laughs) But um, So I think as a way to kind of get me to express that my mom was like, maybe thinking you should maybe try some, um, community theater so I went and auditioned for for I believe it was Annie and I you know remember I grew up in Costa Rica for like the first five or six years so like it didn't even occur to me that like I could they weren't gonna cast me a little brown girl as Annie
0: yeah
1: time. I was like oh I'm definitely gonna be Annie like obviously <laughs> so that I did not book that and I was like gutted just devastated and I left and my mom was like but did you what was the experience of auditioning like? So it was children's theater. And it, so it was very gentle and it was very like fun. You sang, you danced. There was not a ton of pressure at that time. It was, you know, community theater. And so it was really fun and I loved it. And so she said to me, look, if you love it, you cannot quit. You have to keep trying. You have to keep going back. If you hate it, I'm not going to force you to do something you hate. But just because you got to know doesn't mean you, you don't keep going. And mm, so basically- like, amazing advice. Oh my God. Yeah. She dragged me like kicking and screaming to the next audition for the same children's theater thing. And I, and I got that. And then, um, and then I just like always did community theater, just a ton, a ton of theater, community theater. And, and even though I grew up like in the LA area, like it just never occurred to me that the dream could be a reality, I guess. I don't know why. Um, but it just, it was always kind of a far away idea. Uh, I did community theater in high school. I did it even in college. Um, first time I went to college. And then when I was about 18 or 19. I was going to start school and I thought maybe I would go try to be a doctor. And then um, um, there was an open call for rent um, in L.A. And I like, you know me, I slept in. I wasn't in the mood. I was like, man, eh, <laughs> not gonna bother and my boyfriend at the time said um why like you literally have nothing else going on why don't you just go what's what's the worst thing that could happen
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, so i was like okay fine so i went and it was do you remember the garden of eden it was a bar
0: oh yes the restaurant
1: or yeah yes it was a restaurant and then it was like a just a low budget like Virgin Tunnel type of club at night. It was like... Yes!
0: I do remember, yes.
1: so They had the auditions at the Garden of Eden during the day and I auditioned in like the bathroom and then you just like kind of, you know how in casting it's like a huge open call. So it was like the Hamilton of its time. There were so many people there yeah. wanting in. So they did all of these rounds of sifting people out and by the end of the day was when you got in front of um Bernie's actual people, Bernie Telsey's actual people. And mm-hmm. then they then they brought me back. The next week I was there every day um with Michael Greif and Bernie Telsey and choreographer. And I was just doing audition after audition after audition. And literally within a week I got the call um they wanted to offer me the role or the role of a swing in, in the Broadway company and that they needed me to fly out like within three days. So it was like that quick
0: within wow. a week. Yeah, and how old?
1: I was. Uh, I was. I could drink, so I was at least twenty-one. That's, uh, all, that's all I remember. It. <laughs> oh my god! I was young. It was my very first professional job.
0: Well, and that's a huge one because I mean, like, uh, well, I was in New York at the time with with like the height of rent and then people yeah. sleeping on the sidewalk and the you know to get into the yeah. the show and I swear. Look, that's the perfect analogy is the Hamilton of its time because it yeah. really was a cult classic.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was one of those people. I used yeah. to stand outside at the Amundsen Theater in the lottery just w- waiting to see it. I loved it so much. So mm. to, to, to be able to – it was like so surreal. It was like literally somebody handing you every dream you've ever had for yourself maybe like five years before you were ready for them. So
0: yeah, you know
1: what I mean? So I wasn't ready. I wasn't trained. I wasn't, I was green, 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 self-conscious, insecure, really bad imposter syndrome, really felt like I didn't belong, you know? So that almost how- like killed that whole opportunity for me.
0: How the hell does that translate to getting on stage and doing that then? Like even in just in rehearsal, how do you get of rid of that to, to say, Well, look, I've got the job now and I've got to, it's like, sort of, fuck it. I got to figure it out.
1: Yeah. You know, honestly, I, I honestly, the whole, the the whole thing feels like a blur. Well, first of all, there were people in the, in the company that were really kind and really loving and really took me under their wing, but these were professional theater actors, right? Mm. And they were used to, Rent really did not want professional theater actors. They wanted like raw talent. So they were used to people coming in and just being kind of head spinning. So I had a lot of help from the people in the company, but I but I do think that it was a little bit of um, of sabotage and like youth that kind of got into my my own head. This is why I always tell people like you can have all of everything that you want in your life, you can have handed to you, but if you have not trained, if you are not ready, if you do not believe you belong there you will sabotage it. It won't, mm-hmm. It will. you know what I mean? Because it's not enough to have the lucky break. You have to have that faith that you believe in yourself. So for me, New York was a real, like, it was a real learning opportunity. I made a lot of mistakes during mm-hmm. that time. Um, but through grace and through, you know, just people I think liked me I was lucky enough to stay with the company for, you know, a good long time. And then I moved to the new, to the San Francisco company and things started opening up for me a little bit more there. I felt more confident, but I think it was just my mother's initial advice. Like I'm a scrappy, do what you have to do type of person. So even if I, if I'm failing, I'm still going to put one foot in front of the other and and make it through. But mm-hmm. I could have made a lot more of that opportunity. I will say, I just, you know but now well, was you,
0: were, you were young, you know, I used yeah. the analogy. I don't know if you saw like Justin Bieber posted months ago, about maybe a while ago, actually. Um, it, it just this sort of like, it was almost like an apology based on his behavior. And mm. um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it was sort of an admittance of like, um, uh, you know, look, I was young with mm. basically $100 million let loose on the streets of LA. What do you expect? You know, and I right. agree with that. Like, yeah. you know, and he had sort of no guidance. So um, I, I guess that would similarly translate because she's saying I can make could have made more of that opportunity, but you had no you had no background or training to do so to say, well, yeah. this is what I need to parlay this into. Now you do, but you had a yeah. time you didn't know, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think that too, coming up in the industry, like having that suddenly being thrust on you too, it was kind of like, um, it took me a while. I mean, up until honestly, lately to really say, and I just talked about this in an interview yesterday, like to really say, like I belong here. I deserve to be here. And I, I, you know, I have the ability to do this job. Like this is something I can do. Mm
0: -hmm. That took
1: me a long time, but it came from the confidence of like, of preparing. The confidence of preparation really was everything. I think if I had been more prepared, like if I had been rigorous in, in, because everything came so easily in community theater for me. Like I just booked yeah. and it was just very easy and it was not challenging. But if I had really like done the work to challenge myself, I would have been prepared. And then I think that would have translated to more success. But, you know, you live, you learn. It was still. How difficult. long did- experiences of my life yeah
0: yeah and now you look at it and you're like oh, it was an amazing experience but what, oh, yeah. how long did you do it for like in the the you said you went to New York and then you went to San Francisco how yeah. like total how long did you do it for?
1: total it was about two and a half years and then okay. um, San Francisco I thought that company was going to be there forever I thought it would just sort of it was the touring company but it landed there and I just assumed it would be there forever but after about six or seven months they closed Mm -hmm. So, um, that was like the turning point where I was like, am I going to go try and pursue film and TV or am I going to, you know, go back to school and and go down that road? And then I decided to, uh, I did decide to go try my hand at film and TV. Yeah. After that. Well, I
0: mean, that's sort of like case in point for every job. It's like, um, you know, it does end sometime and then you don't know where the next one's coming from sometimes.
1: Oh, and there's that feeling too, which I'm sure you're familiar with where you're like, Every kind of big opportunity, you're like, ooh, this is it. Like, this is going to change everything. It's going to happen when you're young, right? I just booked this guest star on Grey's Anatomy. Here it comes. (laughs) And And then it's like, you're right. It's crickets. So you have to like, I've come to a place where I'm trying to really live in the moment and be grateful for the opportunities I have prepare for the possibility, expect the possibility of the future, but not be reliant on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just like Christy, there's a fine line.
0: Yeah. Christy Metz did an interview, a round table, a Hollywood world quarter roundtable, And she said, you know, she had d- just done American horror story. Right. right. And she I think she did like a six, six, seven episode arc. It was fairly large. And mm-hmm. she, um, you know, and then she was like, what's going on? Nobody wants me. What's yeah. you know, like, Couldn't get an audition for like a year. She said, basically. Yeah. And didn't understand, you know, and that was before this is us and didn't really understand. Cause just like you said, Hi, I booked grades anatomy. Hello. I've arrived kind of thing. Yeah. But it's not that destination arrived kind of thing. It's, uh-huh, it's always, never. you know, it's always that thing of, I guess the fear of never getting another job kind of never goes away, no matter who you are, you yeah. know?
1: It's it's ever present because this industry is just. I mean, I just read a story about the kid who played Aladdin in in Aladdin. Oh yeah, saying he can't even get in the room.
0: I know. He I heard can't that too. Even
1: get in the room, and he was in a Disney, the lead in a Disney film that the
0: title character. I know.
1: Was, uh, full played Aladdin. He was Aladdin in Aladdin, and he cannot get <laughs> in the room. I know. And I I mean, I'm in the same situation where like. I find myself saying, I mean, I know I have good reps and I know my reps work hard for me, but like, it is challenging. You, you get frustrated because you know, there's so much content. You see people that look like you, that you could have gone out for that. You're like, wait a minute. Like I didn't even get an audition for that role. Right. (laughs) And you know, you're just wondering like what that, but that is just, that is just the business. And if you don't have the skin for it, like you find out real quick, that's just what it is. You and you shouldn't
0: be in it, yeah, yeah, if you're if you're if you can't accept the rejection or can't accept mm-hmm. the fact of why don't they want me kind of thing, you know, and yes. there's there's so many factors different. that go into it too. It could just be completely out of your control.
1: oh yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and you know that's why i I always say like I do check in with my reps. I have really great representation. I've been very lucky in my career, Hello to have like incredible people <laughs> who believed in me from like the jump that like really pushed me. and even if I've had to kind of break ties or they've had to move on it's always been with respect and with love. And there's always a reason that has not centered on like my talent, but I've learned you can't take anything personally. It is just business and you just have to expect nothing. Nobody owes you anything and just, you know, open yourself up to just those new opportunities. But that's why I've never, I've never bought the storyline of like, you only do this. You have zero backup plan. You don't do any other job. Like, I don't, I don't buy that. I'm a hustler. Like I I've done day jobs since the beginning because I have to eat. Right. And I have kids and they have to, well, now you have a family. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I I believe that rather than say like, Oh, if I do anything else, that means that I'm not giving a hundred percent to my, to my work as an actor or creative. I just see every single thing I'm doing as being in service of my career as an actor. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, Anything I'm doing to be able to pay the bills is giving me the freedom to be able to pay for headshots, to, you know, to have those conversations, to pay for publicity, to do all the things that you need to do on the business end that you can't do if you're just waiting. You know, I worked four times last year. That's not enough to, to live on. Yeah.
0: You know? To put food on your table. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: You know, but, you know, you got to pay for classes. You got to play for coaching. I, I get coached every big audition I go on because it's important. It matters.
0: Yeah. It does. So what was the, after Ryan, you come back, you mm-hmm. know, you say, okay, well, I'm going to give this a shot. What was the, what okay, was the first so, like, TV gig or commercial or what?
1: Uh, well, the very first thing I did was it, I came up in the, in the age of printing out your headshots at Argentum, putting yep. your, your headshot on the back mm-hmm. and they were black and white and putting them in vanilla envelopes and doing a mass submission to that list that Backstage gives you of all the managers and agents, and I did that, and I got like four calls back. One of them was from uh, Heidi Rothbart, who is now currently my manager, and she, um, she just like she just like loved. She's a big theater person, so she loved. I had nothing but rent on my resume, really, and yeah. she was like really kind of this was like kind of before I think I think you probably remember like Ricky Martin came out with like that big number and suddenly everybody wanted everything Latino right so yeah kind of she was like right before that and she was like, wait a minute like I need to find more clients in this in this space but she also just really liked me and so she picked me up and she introduced me to a couple of agents and I, I signed with one and they sent me out on my' I think it was like my second or third audition for um it was The Handler. The Handler right. was the first thing I went on. That was part of my, our nickname. The Handler was the first yeah. thing I went on. It was a guest star. It was like a show with Joe Pantaleone. And and um, I think Felicia Fasano cast it. Yeah, she gave me my very first job. Um, oh, yeah. No,
0: she was always a fan of yours, yeah. She,
1: yeah, or she, she maybe she cast Jericho. I don't know. She gave me like one of my very first jobs. I'm pretty sure it was that one, though. Um, and I was not SAG. I was SAG-eligible. Because I because
0: of of, you got grandfathered in because of the union for exactly
1: because of actors equity, but they were like you need to join SAG, and I didn't have the at the time it was like you know I'm dating myself here, but it was not it it was still a couple thousand dollars or something close to that. So Heidi Mm. paid for me to join SAG, um, obviously with the understanding that she would be reimbursed. Paid yeah. for my SAG card. I got into SAG, and then I, I shot that over like two or three days, and it was a big meaty part. Um, so that was amazing. And then and then uh, you know, a little bit after that, I um, I booked um, Sueño, which is a film, a small film with John Leguizamo, and uh, we're getting
0: like, to all your hyphenate nicknames now, I'm Sueño Handler,
1: Handler. Yeah, that's I literally name myself based on all the work I. Had. <laughs> <laughs> so I booked a couple commercials, but I was really kind of focused on, on like that film and TV space. That's kind of what I, what I wanted to do.
0: Yeah. Um, but the commercials could all be, always, like you just said, offset it, the cost. Cause they, they, oh. back in the day, you can make a good chunk of money.
1: You still can. Um, my Spanish was not as good as it is now. Mm. So that was challenging, you know, um, to, to do that. I, I, you know, it was, I did a, an episode of numbers. Um, where I was oh, that was like a good murdered. show. With
0: um, yes, I know. With the what's the guy, David Crumholtz, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, what's his? I can't remember the code. So Rob
0: right? something. Robert, Robert, Rob Robert.
1: something. And he's great. And I really, yeah, they're both great. Yeah. Um, and then I did that Jer- the Jericho episode, which was like huge because I was a big Skeet Ulrich fan and I acted like a huge creep. Um, <laughs> but I will tell you something that that he said to me actually. I was I was like on set doing the show and I was talking, I was like, it was a big part. It was a, it was a, over two or three days. And, um, I was sitting there talking and I was saying like, I just really want, he was asking me about like, what do I want to do or something? I was like, I really just want to do this. Like, I really, I want, this is like, I want to do, you know, I want to work as an actor and da, 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 da. And mm-hmm. he's like, well, you're, you're doing it. Like, this is it. You're, you're actually doing that. So what do you want <laughs> after this? And it was sort of like, Oh, yeah. Like, you can get so caught up in wanting something that when you're doing it, you forget, like, I'm here. Like, I'm doing what's happening. So, but all of that was happening. But, you know, that goes, this goes back to, this was something I struggled with in my career as a 20, 25-year-old coming up in L.A., being, you know, single and young and not focused. So, I know you have a school that you that you work with a lot of young actors. And I will say that, like, if it's something you want to do, those young years are super important and valuable, especially if you're starting to get work. To That's where you need to really put the focus in. So, like, if your focus is I want to be, like, out there and famous and make a bunch of money and party all the time, like, you're just, it's going to be really hard to succeed. Yeah. Because you can get all these opportunities and blow them, you know? Mm-hmm
0: but yeah i look at like i and i not, i mean it's a shame but i look at like somebody like Lindsay Lohan because yes i felt like she was a good actress i felt like she you know and she came up early in parent trap and all that kind of stuff and then she was do, like she was literally almost like doing like the Julia Roberts trajectory of like young girls she had Hit after hit after hit, Freaky Friday, yeah. Mean Girls, all these different things. Yeah. And it just, it's, she squandered it because the fame got to her more so than it was more important for her to be famous and be seen yeah. than it was the actual work, you know? That's the
1: challenge, too, of being a young actor is that it's hard, especially being a mother. I can see that developmentally, there are lots of different personalities of kids and lots of kids that want to be actors and they want to be actors for lots of different reasons. But there's a mm-hmm. certain type, of kid that is a little extra driven and a little extra focused, I think it's very hard for young people to get to have a room full of people telling you that they will do anything that they want for you. Cause it goes to your head. Like you get on set and they're like, what do you need? Do you want Starbucks? So for like that one day, we're like a famous person for a day and it's cute. Like it feels real nice to have someone be like, you want me to get you Starbucks? (laughs) And you know, but Mm -hmm. you know, You're 17, 18 years old. That's a dangerous thing to be – you have to remember none of that is real and that the only thing that's real and the only thing that you have really is your reputation on that set and your work ethic and your drive and your ability to focus because that's when those opportunities become more opportunities. It's very, very hard to get second or third chances. I'm super, super lucky in that regard. But, yeah. So that's what happened after that is I started doing that, those little guest spots. And mm-hmm. then, then it dried up for yeah. for like a year. I worked on Babysitters Beware, your your film. I worked yeah. on um I did where, like
0: where who who was it the kid gets to like just dump a thing on your
1: <laughs> yogurt balloon <laughs> and you were like a- you a know, at the time. on IMDb as yogurt balloon babysitter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god, is it really? No, because it was like a series of montages, and I was yeah. like, Well, I want to put my friends in this. And I put it was Kenny. like you and Kenny, and I forget who else. And J-C, I, J-C I was, was like, I of I them. It was what
1: JC, she had like marker written on her. She was, Yes,
0: that. that's right, that's right. Oh, I'm in that beautiful white skin, I know, it was just crazy, in the beautiful like porcelain skin. And <laughs> so, she, so I was like, I'm just gonna put it, you know, I was producing the movie. So, here you go, It's like a little. But you, it's the your reaction is so stoic <laughs> and so like I just I still remember it to this day, and that was uh, years ago.
1: That's so funny, yeah. Well, that's what and- happened. Is you know I had these big moments. I did like a, a an episode of Acceptable TV, which was like like Jack Black's new show. So all these things were happening, and then it was like crickets. I got a couple jobs yeah. from Friends. I was I went in for a, sh- a movie called Days of Wrath, which Wilmer Valderrama started, and I don't even think it I don't even think it ever came out. And um I ended up playing his sister in Grays, remember that? And Oh then, yeah, um, yeah. Uh-huh. Babysitters before but those were jobs that were given to me because I had I had contacts that were in casting that brought me in. Um I don't know if I had to audition for you. I don't think I did, but I had to audition no, you for didn't, my no. friend Chris. And are you um
0: are you friends with Wilmer Valderrama?
1: Uh, no, honey. No, I'm not. from. Oh. <laughs> I just, I was, that's all... a
0: weird connection that you would ultimately go on to play. And it was, that was a pretty meaty guest star that you did on Graves.
1: Yeah, it was bizarre. And like such a, um, I, I, it's so funny because no, I've actually had a conversation once with Wilmer Valderrama in a bar when I was in my twenties, um, where I was like, what's up with you? Like, what's happening? What are you doing for the community? You know, at the time I drank, so I was a little tipsy and my friends, <laughs> Still, my friend Lindsay still makes fun of me for like, just like asking Wilmer what he was going to be doing for the community, right? And he's like, "I don't. First of all, I don't know you. <laughs> Second of all, and then I, you know, I worked with him on that on Days of Wrath, and then yeah, I worked with him on Grey's Anatomy, playing his sister, and he remembered the the scene that I did in Days of Wrath, and we were both kind of laughing at that. but no, we're we're not friends at all. I don't I don't
0: okay. know you on that.
1: <laughs> um. So well, see, then, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, Grays was my first job. So I it dried up for like a year or two. And then I was just like so tired. Like I was tired of pushing and I was tired of – and I was just like, you know what? I'm done with the industry. I'm going to go back to college. And that's when I left. I left for I think for like five years. And wow. went back to school, had my kids, and then moved back to L.A. And I think you're the one I called. First mm-hmm. I called Ravi and asked him um, – do, can you can you refer me for commercial agent something like that and he was like sure yeah absolutely just you know it's it's you know how it is it's like winning the lottery I was like oh no no I know and then I booked my first commercial out which was a Pepsi commercial so that was great mm. and then I called you and at the time you were managing and I was like listen I don't know because I wasn't working with Heidi anymore at the time we had split when I left you know the state um to take a break from everything and then she I just said like would you ever be interested in um Working with me, and you did, and then that's when I booked Gray's, which was like I think a few months after us working together.
0: Yeah, I remember it was pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but you left when you left, you went to where? Jace, your husband's, husband's Jason's, where? He was.
1: Jason's home state is Oklahoma. and Okay, got it. Yeah, know, we. I just needed a break from the rat race, honestly. And I had a break. Yeah, I had convinced myself that I was done too. I was like, you mm. know, because the industry is so challenging. It's so hard to like. Um, work at something where there are no real guarantees. So yeah. I was really wanting to do something where like, if I do this, this will happen. If I go to school, I'll get a degree. If I do, you know what I'm saying? Like if, yep. where I knew it was guaranteed. So we we left, I went back to, to college and we got engaged. We got married. We had a couple kids. And when I was pregnant is when I was like, I want to be home. I want to go home now. And we both, we came back here. And we had our second son here. And then it was after my sons started getting a little bit older that I, that I just, the bug just started hitting me. I just started thinking, you know, why not? Why not just see if I can work? Um,
0: yeah. And, and that- how old are your kids now?
1: At seven and six. Can wow. Can you believe that? I know. Wow. Yeah.
0: I can't believe that. And I don't, I'm, I, I feel like, you know, moms that have that age in, you know, in, the age of quarantine right now, I swear you guys need to be like, it's given a sainthood or something.
1: Well, we're, you know, we're lucky because, um, it's challenging for me because my Spanish is I'm working on it, but it's not, I'm not, you know, it's not perfect. And my kids are in a dual immersion Spanish school. So I have to educate them in Spanish and we're like trying to figure that out. So that, that piece is really strange. And like, (laughs) Emotionally, for the kids to be this isolated is is really challenging. You know, they they're yeah. having a hard time. They're missing their friends, and but overall, we're really lucky. We're both able to work from home, and um, you know, like Jason can watch them when I'm when I'm doing stuff for for you know this, and he's also a writer, you know, so yeah, I, I can he's take a great them.
0: writer,
1: yeah. yeah, I can take them while he's working on some of his projects that are that he's working on, and you know, so we're 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 a good team in that sense and certainly doing better than I think some other families that are really struggling, but
0: yeah, it's, really good. it's good though. So now I want to talk about, cause you have something really amazing out and it's, yeah. it, it's, it just came out what two week a couple weeks ago. Um, and HBO, is it is it's not on HBO max, the streaming, it's on it HBO is. Latin.
1: No, it's on all HBO platforms. It's on HBO. Wow. It's
0: called long gone by and Hi. it's, are literally i mean in basically every frame of the movie and it's amazing so tell me a little bit about it.
1: god it's so crazy well this goes back to uh preparation and relationships man relationships are everything in this industry i'll tell you that right now um if you are a good person and you are i mean well you can speak to that everything everybody that knows you talks speaks highly of you um including my own agent who's like i know joe (laughs) he's wait who's your agent uh, Denny Denny Sevier at House of Representatives. Oh uh, wait, did I put you in there or did no Heidi did? It just happened to be that Heidi <laughs> Heidi. Remember, I uh, Heidi gave you me the meeting because he was coming back on as an agent, and then you were yes. like, "Oh, I know him," and so I mentioned your name. I name dropped you for sure when we
0: oh, you use it i don't care but, i mean i worked yeah. 21 years i'm moving 21 years i was a manager for 18 or, or around there. and i worked my butt off and i built myself a name so if you want to use it use it yeah. i don't care
1: uh, yeah i think i did ask permission to use it though just so that none of the, the other people in your life are like Joe lorenzo Joe lorenzo right <laughs> i did ask permission but anyway i i so jason my husband is a filmmaker he went to film school with the director andrew Andrew Morgan of this film. And Andrew and I, Andrew had asked me to come on board after the most recent election. He wanted to do a documentary series on, um, on kind of what some, some, you know, immigration stories and stories about like my my community. And so he kind of wanted somebody, you know, he's a cis white man, right? So he wanted somebody in the community to kind of help navigate those stories and to help with the accuracy and all that stuff. So he asked me to come on board and we started talking to people in this space and, he had really been wanting to move to narrative film. And so for whatever reason, I can't, I would have to ask him. I don't know why, but he wanted, he just said, listen, I want, I have this idea for a movie. I have the seed of an idea for a movie. Um, I want you to star in it. And, and I'm working on it right now. Will you look at the first draft kind of thing? And um, it was like the the character was Anna Alvarez and literally she's in every single scene. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, like I had never, first of all, I had never carried a film ever in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was terrified, excited, and all that. But the other thing is, like, I know how the industry works. So, like, if you don't have a name attached to your movie, it's really challenging. Right. It's hard to yep. get it in festivals. It's hard to get it sold. It's hard to have anyone even look at it. Um, Brian Hansen, I think he has a film with, like, Frankie Nunez, What is it, Nunez?
0: Munez, I think. Munez. No, not your new I don't know. Because
1: 'cause I'm Munoz, so I'm always so good. I know, I was now that just is actually what just messed me up. Munez. Munez. But you know, he ha, he made a film, got an Austin awesome Film Festival. He was like, Yeah, you really need a name in the movie. So I mm-hmm. even said to him, Andrew, because he had just come off the true cost where it was produced by Livia Firth, which is Colin Firth's husband, he was having conversations with like CAA, with like name actors. And I'm like, dude, are you sure you don't want to talk to a name here? You, right. you could probably get someone in. He was like, absolutely not. I, I want it to be you. I need it to be you. So that was like a huge, um, just, uh, it was just a huge, like crazy, crazy thing. I want to say though,
0: and I, want, and I want you to tell, you know, I mean, definitely tell us the premise of the story, but
1: I, I what's his name? The director? Andrew Morgan.
0: Andrew Morgan. Hats off to Andrew Morgan, because here's why. I've seen clips and, and, and most of it and I, you know, you shared with me. And I, um, it, because the story mm. is the most important part. Yeah. And I think if you put Eva Longoria in it, it mm. becomes about Eva Longoria, not about yeah. the actual content or the, the sort of um, nuts and bolts of the story. So yeah, hats yeah. off to Andrew Morgan for knowing that.
1: Yeah. And he also felt like, look, it, you know, I... I I have this platform and I want to, he knows, you know, I've been in this industry for um, uh, many, many years and mm-hmm. this is an opportunity you don't necessarily get in the casting room. You get it from relationships, from people. Yeah, from the
0: director, yep.
1: From a director who's like, this person, there's something about this person that is right for this role and I'm going to fight for this person to start mm-hmm. it. So you know it is a very risky thing to do, and it did it did cost us big festivals. I mean, they just wouldn't even look at it. They didn't yeah. outright say, "Oh, there's no name in it," but you know that's what it is. That's it's it's such a kind of a racket, right? So the story is about a, a woman, a mother who has a young daughter who's seventeen who just got accepted into Indiana University. She's undocumented. Um, she finds out a- out of nowhere that that her that her you know her routine check in she's they're asking her to pack up and leave and she has to figure out how to set up her daughter who's about to be eighteen for to live without her so crazy things happen i don't want to give too much away, but it's a really demanding challenging um role and and it was a it was a huge gift i mean i don't i still to this day like my head is kind of spinning that h b o bought it because It's great. We got into, so the festival, the festival that did take us was one of two. We got into Calabasas film festival um, and then the, the New York HBO sponsored New York Latino film festival. Mm. Uh, And Mm. they are kind of famous for doing um, what most festivals say that they're doing, which is to really amplify um, unknown filmmakers that's, that's Well, here's what I have to
0: say about that real quick, just not to cut you off. But I you know, when I first started, festivals, festivals were about doing just that. And they yeah. were about showcasing films that wouldn't ultimately, you know, it wouldn't just go straight to a theater because they had huge money behind them or whatever. It would go to a festival, people would get excited about it. Little yeah. Miss Sunshine, nobody knew who Tony Collette was, nobody knew exactly. who some of these people were besides Alan Arkin. And then it was bought for ten million dollars and boom, it's a it's a mm-hmm. success. But Nowadays, the huge festivals, all it is is a PR platform for the movies that are already getting released. And it really yes. upsets me because it doesn't allow for something like this to get the recognition that it deserves, you know?
1: Yeah, and it's its really like, I mean, to the point where you have sales agents that literally are calling and saying, like, I have this movie. Like, you'll have films that are already chosen for major festivals before submissions are even over just based on who's in it and all of that stuff, which like, I'm not begrudging, you know, these are major film festivals. So sure. Have a screening of a major film with a major actor, you know, but like the, I, I do think that the, the intentions have changed and, you know, we got the opportunity we, we got because this festival specifically really is doing what they say that they're supposed to be doing. And then in that, it's sponsored by HBO. So HBO is there watching all of these films. And, I mean, they had no real reason or motivation to purchase the movie, right? They bought it based on the merit of it. and yeah. And because HBO is actively doing the thing that, you know... It's very trendy to say that you're doing, which is like, let's amplify, you know, unknown voices. Let's like show these unknown actors. But mm-hmm. here they actually put their money where their mouth is. They they bought the film. And now we have a huge, huge audience. And, you know, um, again, back to what we were talking about at the beginning, I'm not in a place where I'm like, here we go. But I am, yeah. I am in a position where I'm like, OK, this is a huge victory. I'm really grateful for this opportunity. I can point to a major network and say, "Here's here's my work," and yeah, and that's the best that I can hope for. And I'm proud of the work too. I'm proud of w- what we what we ended up with. So, yeah, it's yeah.
0: Huge. So everybody can find it every, on all, uh, HBO, all platforms. HBO platforms.
1: Yeah, it is yeah. on HBO Latino at certain times, but it's on HBO Go, HBO Max. It streams all over HBO. Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: amazing. Awesome. I know. I'm happy, for, Crazy. I'm happy for that. I remember. I mean, just the stuff that I saw, I was like, "Oh my gosh, it was so good." I mean, I know you so well too, but I just felt like again, it's just because I know you. It didn't pull me out of the story, you know. Yeah. And I think that that okay. it, that's important because this, you know, and again, Andrew Morgan, congrats to you because you, you know, putting Erica in it, it didn't overshadow what the actual. And it's, and it, it, like you said, originally, it does speak to the time or Mm -hmm. when, you know, who got elected and all the, you know, Mm -hmm. things were happening Um, that it's, it's, it spoke to a very current time.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: So the story was the most important.
1: That, yeah, exactly. And it was just, it was shot beautifully in a beautiful small town. And it was really just the relationship. Where was it shot? Uh, Warsaw, Indiana, which is a small little town and, and just like you know storybook Americana that people in that town were so kind and so gracious and it was just a really incredible incredible experience he you know my husband Jason was the assistant director on the film oh um, nice yeah he hired his wife to who is just a brilliant talent of her own Emily Morgan to produce it and then you know brought me on as a producer as well so it was just like a real small family feel flew out my whole family we all
0: I was gonna say was it sort of a family affair while you oh, were doing that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a total family affair. I mean, we really just it was skeleton crew, you know, um, a SAG ultra low budget, and it was just, it was just a lot. And of you bugs. can't
0: even tell one iota that that's what that you know that's the thing. It, you don't even have to say that because you never even know. I know. It looks like there was there was some money behind I mean, it. It that, looks great. Yeah,
1: that's Andrew and the cinematographer Lance. I mean, it's crazy how beautiful it looks. I mean, even the yeah. score. Um, is so beautiful and so, like, it's an original score he works with. Um, it's Duncan. Um, his name is very long, and I, it's Blinkenstaff, I think, is his name. Okay. <laughs> I'm probably totally butchering it, but his score is so beautiful, and it was just the perfect storm of everything going well for it, you know? So we're, we're yeah. really Blinkenstaff.
0: <laughs> Got <Staff>. it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um that's
0: a name i'm sure and that's not the first time somebody's messed it I'm up sure,
1: i'm sure like my <laughs> nose moonas moonies yeah yeah uh how
0: about yesterday i so i record i don't care people people are like because they we release these at different times but yeah, i record right. them all at the, the same time if i want to guys so hush but um <laughs> yesterday yesterday i i said robbie and he's like did you just call me Ravi? And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, Ravi. Ravi. I was like, why <laughs> did I do that? Like, it's just one of those things I think sometimes 40 and slip or something. I don't know what it is. I called yeah. him Ravi
1: for a good seven years before oh, I no. heard him say, or Audrey, I think, say Ravi. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> he yeah. Was he, Ravi. he was quick to co- correct oh, me. Yeah. I was like, all
1: right. Yes,
0: honey. um so now uh, we're super excited. Everybody, go watch yeah, for Long Goodbye yeah. on HBO. Um, and all streaming platforms, all you know, the network platforms, or sorry, the cable yeah. platforms. Um, but I just want to talk before we go. But, um, sure. what is sort of the obviously we're in the age of COVID nineteen sure. and all this craziness going on right now. Um, and there are it's it's I've you know I've read the Tyler Perry article where he's yeah. releasing things to, that you know, cause he's going to be starting in July and his precautions that he's taking. Yeah. I know that governor Newsom was, was supposed to release something and then he didn't ultimately do it about guidelines. What is it? I mean, have you been reading up on it and what do you think yeah. will be the new normal?
1: I have been reading up on it. It's such a crazy unknown time. I mean, one of the first things I thought was, yeah, like, why couldn't you just, because it's, it's like a month or two of ice of Filming whatever you're filming, right? So, like, would right. make sense if we could just isolate, um, you know, who the cast and crew in a right. certain area. It, it's challenging, though. I mean, I think you're gonna have to have like you're gonna have to have testing. Um, yeah, you're gonna have to have. Well, don't you remember,
0: like, if you go out of the country and things like that's what they that's what they used to do. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. and you so know, just, yeah. I think go it's on. It's hard. It's hard to to tell. There's going to be an inherent risk anytime you take a job. I mean, but there, you know, there always is. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what Tyler Perry's precautions makes sense. It's not going to be a hundred percent infallible because nothing is a hundred percent infallible. I mean, just by the nature of filmmaking, there's accidents and things happen, you know? So just the same precautions we take to keep our crew and our cast safe on a set and on any given day, I think we have to take those into consideration. Um, Isolating a cast and crew is smart making sure that everybody is sanitized, temperatures are checked and testing and all that stuff happens. If somebody tests positive contact tracing, you know, these yeah. things are just going to have to happen. Um, maybe, uh, you know, I don't know what it's going to, I
0: think like, the problem with that, I think like I read Tyler's and I thought it was great, but I think the issue with that is, is that he already is very self-contained as far mm-hmm. as he owns a huge studio himself exactly, and everything is done there. Yes. Then you get, you, you get into the logistics of like okay. if it's a Paramount thing, mm-hmm. not everything is actually shot at Paramount. Yeah, it could sh- right. be shot at another studio, or it's shot on location, or it's a- they don't have the resources to say like they shoot way more than him and mm-hmm. utilize more cast and crew, so they can't just say everybody can you know haul up in a picture yeah. house. They don't have enough yeah. space for that.
1: Yeah, and especially if you're if you're shooting on different locations, and sh- so I mean right. I think that there's going to be production wise, some, some changes, but you know, it's like the below the line people that are really struggling, right? Like our, our crew people that are like really, yep. that are really like these, these are employees that are like, that are essential and that work consistently. So this is like not a like acting and up in the top percentages. So many of us are either, if you're up there in that one, 2% that are working constantly you're probably going to be okay for a little bit until the next job. Right. If you're a guest star or whatever, you probably have a day job that you're helping, that's helping supplement. But if you're in that like casting arm, in the you know in the production arm, in the grip and electric arm, if you're in any of those pieces, this is your daily. This is your livelihood. So yep. you know this is it's challenging, but it, I think it's important. You know, we can't count on anybody at the at the top on a government level right now, to be honest or forthright. I mean, I'm just being frank. There's no Mm -hmm. leadership there. There's no. So we have to take on the responsibility of having real conversations about how do we make this safe, as safe as we can? And how do we get people back to work in a safe and effective way and mitigate the risk as much as we can? Like, I think that's what needs to happen is we kind of need to just say enough from you guys. We need to have a conversation about how to do it. And then we can kind of, everybody has to determine whether or not they're willing to take that risk. Yeah, I agree. You know, I don't know. We'll see.
0: Well, the new normal, I mean, I'm honestly ready for something to come back to normal. I
1: I am so ready. Like I want to be safe and I want to be, you know, pragmatic about it, but God, this is challenging. It's very
0: challenging.
1: It's isolating. And, I go
0: from, well, I went from, you know, being on a plane and going to different cities and oh, going
1: yeah.
0: and, and or, you know, being in casting sessions, which you've helped me with and, and, yeah. and you know, meeting hundreds of actors a week or whatever it is. And I actually started a project and I'm going to, we're picking it up, obviously, when, once this comes back, um, but, and we'll probably do a lot of self-tapes and online auditions anyway, yeah. but um, I, you know, I, going from that to literally going to and seeing one my dad <laughs> yeah.
1: so like yeah.
0: for the last literally three months and it's not I mean look I love my dad it's not that. it's just it's you know you, it's yeah. a sort of a culture shock from going to see and seeing all those people and then not you know just not seeing people I don't know so yeah, I'm yeah, writing online
1: is exhausting for some reason I do it is really something, and I'm like this is not the same and my little son yesterday he finished kindergarten and we did like a drive through where we picked up his things and we walked down the the road and we were seeing his friends, you know, of course he can't touch them and can't get close to them. And I thought, Oh, he'll be so happy to be in front of them. And then we got in the car and he was really down. And I was like, what's wrong, babe? Like what's going on? And he said, it just made me sad or to see his little friend's name, John. He said, it just made me sadder to see John. And I go, why? Uh, He goes, because I I wanted to touch him. I wanted to high five him or hug him. And I couldn't. And I was just uh, like, Oh, (laughs) yeah, I bet." (laughs) That's the thing. And, you know, what I told him was this thing that a girlfriend of mine, or Emily, actually, Emily Morgan said to me, which is this is hard, but we can do hard things. And I just said that to him. This is hard. We can do it. And we'll do it together. And we'll come out on the other end of it. But it's challenging for sure.
0: It is. And we'll, you know, we'll make it work when we all come back. So, well, I love you to death. You know that. Erica Mingus, Klaus, Sueno, Handler, (laughs) Mellon.
1: Mellon. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna tell anybody what that means. Um, when handsome, but, um everybody go check out Long Gone By anywhere you can on HBO you. HBO HBO streaming and on their cable channels. Um I love you to death. Thank, thank you me. so much for getting on here and talking with me.
1: Thank you anytime. Alright, honey. Okay Bye, everybody Bye. Thanks for
0: tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and you can follow me at Joe underscore Lorenzo on Twitter and Instagram.